Well, I can't decide. Should we have the pizza with the marshmallows or the pizza with chili peppers? Come on, Michelangelo. You're letting all the cold air out. That wastes electricity. Electricity doesn't appear in the wall outlet by magic. It takes natural resources to make electricity. Think with the door closed, then get what you want. Okay. I'm thinking tonight we'll have broccoli. Broccoli? Just kidding, dudes. You gotta learn to keep your cool. We are tonight's entertainment. We would be honored if you would join us. Once more, the Sith will rule the galaxy. I know this is hard for you, but winter is coming. I can bring you in warm, or I can bring you in cold. You clearly don't know who you're talking to, so let me clue you in. I am the danger. Avengers! Assemble. I am a Jedi, like my father before me. Who's scruffy looking? Less. Might wanna buckle up, baby. Carlos. Smash you. King Tom. Hey guys, you ever seen that really old movie, Empire Strikes Back? They got your weakened feet covered. And you, you're on the set list. Welcome, welcome, welcome to episode number 205 of The Sith List. I'm your host, Raj Shai, and my co-pilots for this evening, the young, the restless, the man who is sweating like a champ just like I am because our AC went out last night and it's been 100 degrees over here. Mr. Carlos Buarguayo. The man we call Crunch Crunch Hazelnuts is not with us, but he is with us, but he's not with us. He is at his house and he promised me this yeah. time that he's not going to be playing video games on his belly with his legs sticking up in the air. And he's going to definitely pay attention to us. Mr. Les is enjoying some air conditioning. Fuck off. <laughs> the man who wanted me to put up a picture of 3PO with a heart on. I'm sorry. Did I say that? Leopardon, I meant. <laughs> Mr. <laughs> King Tom Chansky, how you doing, buddy? I am playing video games in my belly with my legs up in the air. <laughs> <laughs> Man, we call El Hombre. The man who used to drink a whiskey drink. Well, he used to drink a vodka drink. Occasionally, he drank a lager drink. I would have said he drank a cider drink, but I don't think he ever did that. But I will say, he still sings the songs that remind him of the good times. And by golly, he still sings songs that remind him of the best times. Mr. Eric. Dude, if we're, we're just pissing the night away now, I'm not going to stand for this. Oh, nice. <laughs> Danny boy. Danny boy. What a great tune. Oh, it's such a good song. It's like a song that you want to like hang out at a bar and just like. Here's, here's the deal about that song. And I'm just going to tell you right now. Everybody in the world claims they hate it. But then it comes on in the car and you're right. like this. Mm-hmm. Looking around. <laughs> yep, that's right. You bust the volume up. How's everybody doing? Eric, how you doing, buddy? Dude, I am phenomenal. Doing great. Great. <laughs> King Tom, how about you? I'm, I'm okay. I'm okay. 
pretty sure. We, you know why everybody got a short answer? Because we talked for about an hour before we started this podcast. And we actually recorded some stuff that's going to be on the podcast, but you'll never know what it was. I'm pretty that sure was, they'll know. We call that the production meeting. That's right. Just we, FYI. We, we did have a production meeting, yeah. But usually our production meetings are about 10 minutes and, or, or even longer because there's technical difficulties. <laughs> so the production meetings are just like Eric trying to help me figure out what the fuck just happened. This time yeah, we actually had some, I did, a nice production meeting. I didn't even have to open TeamViewer once. So that's <laughs> no, pretty, pretty sweet. No, I'm calling not. that a win. I know. Holy crap. We should have them as a sponsor. TeamViewer? Yeah. <laughs> Fuck off. Of course, now that TeamViewer corporate will hear this and go, you know that it's only free for personal use. Yeah. That sounds like business use to me. It's like, right. you kidding? I'm not making any money doing this podcast. <laughs> exactly. I'm losing money, goddammit. I want some of those internet dollars, damn it. Uh, yeah, really. I should do one of those sites, man. What are they called those? OnlyFans or MeFans or... Oh, yeah. Somebody, somebody's fans, yeah. Somebody's on, fans? OnlyFans. I'm going to do an OnlyFans, I think. Oh. Try to recoup the money that we lose on this podcast every day. Every day. Les, how you doing? I'm your only fan. How you doing, buddy? <laughs> <laughs> I'm doing great. Not great. sweating as much as you two gentlemen, so I'm oh, doing just man. fine. Yep. Are you watching a movie right now? No. Okay, good. <laughs> Boo, Boo, how you doing? I'm doing good. Les, are we not entertaining enough? Is that what it is? <laughs> oh, you're totally entertaining. <laughs> yeah, no, I'm doing good. Everybody's all right. It's yeah, it's just a little toasty, but I'm doing good. Everybody's staying healthy though. That's that's the important thing. thing. Yes. Okay, because things are just getting out of control. Yikes. We had a birthday, not a party, a get together with less than I think it was gonna be 15 people total outside by the pool, separated. We had a whole planned table planned out there. Everybody's gonna be like 15 feet apart from yeah. Alex and first a, birthday in a million degrees. It's gonna be 100 degrees, and we had to cancel because mm. we just don't want to risk anything. So we're, we definitely. Are not having his first birthday, but he won't remember anyways. All right. Everybody ready to get into it? Let me yep. give out the shenanigans. Check us out at Sithless.net where you can listen to the entire Sithless catalog. Yes, even the B-sides. Also, it's where you can buy the Sithless gear, look at some videos and photos, visit our Pot It Forward page where you we have some of our favorite podcasts listed like Blue Harvest, Steel Wars, the Pop Culture Hour, The Bad Motivators, Forced Toast, Canto by Dispatch. Star Wars spelt out. Just click on their logo and you'll go to a fuzzy place like Boo's buttocks hair. Oh, wow. Yeah. Wow. <sighs> Box office streaming. <laughs> number one, Trolls took over again, by the way. <laughs> King of Staten Island, number two, you should have left. Number three, Irresistible. I saw it and eh, it was all right. It wasn't worth 20 bucks. It wasn't horrible. It wasn't bad. It wasn't great. It was just okay. Force of Nature. Uh, was number five, and Capone drops down to number 42. <laughs> <laughs> when, when does it drop off the list? Number uh, one. I think it's in the 60s. We have a chance next week. Okay. We have a chance. Just, just check it. Here's, the, you, know, you know what's number 41? Venom. Uh -huh. Wow. Oh. Yeah. And I want to throw this out there. Production is a go for some shows that we are very excited about. In New Zealand, they got the go, and that is The Lord of the Rings and Cowboy Bebop. So, in addition to other shows starting up... Ooh, we don't have time for that right now. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just <Was> it? <laughs> That's a good one. <laughs> Was it? Hollywood Never Sleeps, thank God. So, interestingly wow. enough, uh, Mahershala Ali is set to play legendary black boxer uh, Jack Johnson Ooh. in a new uh, limited series hmm. for HBO. Johnson, if you don't know was the first ever black heavyweight boxing champion. The six-part series will follow his rise to greatness and the cost that he paid for the color of his skin and right. the, the defiance that he showed. So wow. that should be interesting. No no word on when or anything like that. Other things that are happening. 
a uh, CG animated reboot of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles. Oh, I saw that. Yeah. Nickelodeon uh, produced by Seth, Seth Rogen. Rogen. Yeah. Uh, they don't know if it's a show. Oh, no, it's a it's a movie. My bad. I wasn't sure if it was a movie or a show. Oh, it's a movie. Yes. And it's going to be on Nickelodeon or they're oh, they're Nickelodeon produced. Exactly. Oh, OK. Exactly. All these are from Deadline, by the way. Thank you, Deadline. Yeah. If it wasn't for Deadline, we wouldn't have a podcast. <laughs> <laughs> Some other things. Tom Cruise got approved to start filming Mission Impossible in space. It, no, 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 seven. Well, yeah, ahead of everybody else, they just gave him specific permission. It was his the, birthday gift? The UK, yeah, really. They gave him specific permission to start filming because uh, he, yeah, he'd gotten tested like every single day. I was like, damn, talk, talk about favoritism, shit. Jesus. He is filming in space though. His next movie, right? I don't fucking know. That's what I heard. Top Gun three? No, no, no. I think it's Mission Impossible, dude. Yeah, because yeah, he's filming it's... seven and eight, right, right, uh, back to back. Yeah, one of them, he's going to be up and zipping around in the galaxy. <laughs> That's awesome. I know it was, oh. in, in, like Metallica wants to be the first band to play in space. Oh shit, that'd be cool. I thought if you film something in space, you couldn't see the star fields. Fuck you, King Tom. <laughs> <laughs> I saw an IMAX movie that was about the space station. You couldn't see the stars behind it. Really? Mm-hmm. Was uh? Well, no, no. The... How they do Star Wars then? The Earth should have been that bright. <laughs> 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 that was good thank you uh, that was good yeah. i think it has something to do with well one like feel the perspective you know <clears throat> like you're up tight on this thing and the stars at that point you don't the the atmosphere of the earth acts like a fisheye lens you know what mm-hmm. i mean it's and that's why you can see so much of the stuff but like up there you light hits that that space station and you've got the iris of the camera set so mm. that it's not just a blinding white light yeah. and then you can't see any stars because the iris is is down so tight. That's why like the moon landing stuff, it, everything was just black because the surface of the right. moon is so freaking bright mm-hmm. because, you know, it's all off white and light reflects everywhere. So, yeah, <laughs> get the life nerd. So never mind. I don't never check this out. I sat down, watched watched the original Karate Kid with my daughter, and dude, she was enthralled by it. Oh, heck yeah. And you should have heard her. She's going, he's not going to learn karate like that. (laughs) Oh, that's rad. And so she's like, she was way into it, man. And I got to tell you, that's still, to me, one of the best around. Um, I wasn't planning on making that gag, but then when I said best, I had no choice. Yeah. Dude, it's so good, and it makes me want to cry every time at the end, where the way they end it is so choice. Boom, it's done. You see Mr. Miyagi so proud of him, but doesn't sp- say a word. I'm like, that he is does, killer, He does the man. chin up, the chin up thing. Yeah. Yep. So smile. good. Oh, so great. Such a but, good movie. But dude, I was really paying attention. And first of all, what's his name? Johnny, the the bad guy, the main Cobra mm-hmm. Kai bad guy. Right. That that dude, kill, he did a great job playing that role. He's so badass. But the guy, Bobby, the Put one- Put him in the body bag! No, not that oh, douchebag. The one that that uh, 
sensei told him to to take him out. And he's oh, like, yeah, yeah. I can't. But, but and he knew it was wrong. The right. dude who played him, Ron something, crushed that role. He did so good. He was the most believable one. For one, he, he didn't look like he was 30. So that helped too. Oh my gosh, it's so good. If you haven't watched The Karate Kid in a while, go watch it. It's still dope as can be. It's on Netflix right now. I'm not even going to ask you, boo. Like, I, wanna, I don't want to know either way. Because if you say the wrong thing, I'm gonna be really. Of course, it's okay. Okay, okay, okay. I've seen it. All right, all right. Oh, yeah. You you gotta wax on. You gotta wax off. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Man, take that whichever way you want. Yeah, I know. Speaking of speaking of uh, martial arts movies, Boo, how did you enjoy the Last Dragon? (laughs) God damn it! How was it? I haven't seen it. Uh, I thought it was really I'm, cool. I've been busy. I'm sorry. I'm I thought really it was really cool busy. that a listener of the show went out of their way to buy it for you and ship it to your house. And uh, I'm so glad you had a chance to check it I feel awful every time. I know. <laughs> I'm so glad the camera's not on him. It's much easier for me to talk crap to him when I can't <laughs> see him. There you go. <laughs> Thank God the camera's not working. Oh, there God. You go. Oh, there it oh, is. God. There it is. There it is. <laughs> I'm sorry. <laughs> By the way, I started uh, Parks and Rec. I know, Eric and King Tom, you're going to be very happy. Are you uh, enjoying it? I am in season two okay, and like midway in season two. And I'm really liking season two more than season one. Yeah. Yeah. yeah I'm really enjoying it. It's taking Lorena a lot longer to like get into it. She's a big fan of The Office. I hear her laughing and she doesn't want to admit that she likes it because I was, <laughs> I was like, I'm telling you, it's going to be good. It gets better. I heard it gets better. And I'm loving it. I, I'm laughing out loud in some scenes. Like oh, the, the Ron Swanson when he's got the hernia. I literally died. I have a hernia. I've had it for a while. And I've been ignoring it successfully. But uh, this morning, I made the mistake of sneezing. <laughs> but as long as I sit still and don't move my head or torso... I'm good. I got this. <laughs> that, whole, that whole episode. It's a great show. And Dude, Amy Poehler is so endearing in it. I like yeah. love her in it. Yeah, she's, she's great. fantastic. She's she basically yeah. plays like one of the m- most caring humans oh, in the world. She's so great. It I escalates up through the end of season two. And once you hit three, man, it's it's all yeah. gold from there oh, on out. Oh, great. And this isn't a spoiler by any stretch of the imagination. But I just want to tell you, in this day and age right mm-hmm. now that we live in, the beautiful thing about Parks and Rec is everything works out every time. Yeah. It, it, that it's 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 happy if you need to feel good and you want to laugh, but you don't want to see where like they have that random episode where there's some horrific tragedy. Mm-hmm. You know how the sitcoms would do. You don't have sure. any of that, man. Oh, it, good. It's, okay. it, yeah, everybody right. wins. And it's sometimes you need that. Yeah. I'm here to escape reality, not see more of it. Sure. No, no, no. Absolutely right. And I, I want to laugh out loud sometimes, you know, <laughs> like I want to, there's a couple of scenes I rewinded over and over again because I wanted to watch it over because it was so funny. I love Swanson. He's the man. And Aziz is, I mean, he was annoying in the beginning, but he's just, he's great too. Everybody's great in it. Have you, yeah. have you met John Ralphio yet? Pills, um, baby. <laughs> I have not met I him I got yet. run over by Alexis. <laughs> nope. Definitely not. I haven't met him. King Tom, you watched something. Yes. Yes. Okay. And I don't know if anybody else did, but I got to watch it as well. Hamilton. Mm-hmm. So I told King Tom, like I normally do with movies that I'm excited about, I ask him to give me a one word review and send it to me after he watched it. And I told him this last week. So I got a word today and it said inspiring. So I thought he was talking shit on me or something. <laughs> I don't know what it was about. I was like, what did I tweet? Did I tweet something? Is he talking shit? <laughs> 
But I did. Oh, yes, that's right. He must have just finished Hamilton. So what did you think? It was great. I'm not a musical person. I've yeah, seen right. I've seen more than my share of musicals, but for some reason, it, 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 I can appreciate what's good, what's bad about them, but it's not my type of thing. This, though, like I said to you, it, it was inspiring. I would watch it again. I was blown away by the acting, the music, the mm-hmm. choreography, the the way they fill the space with actions and yeah. the small props they have. It was right. very inventive. And unlike – it's a little bit weird because when, you, when you're in the audience for a play or a musical, you have the point of view of your chair. Mm-hmm. And you your eyes will go around the stage. And you're not always looking at the right thing. But here, having it on your TV, you are being forced to see what the, the thrust of the show is. Absolutely. And it's yeah. it's a little bit weird, but I think if you, if you're used to watching musicals and plays in that way, but I think in this case it helps. And just everyone involved is so talented. And Lin Manuel Miranda, oh. he he's an incredible person. Uh, in terms of the projects he takes and the things he mm-hmm. the things he does, I remember him back when he was on House. This was, was he like on House? Ten or twelve? It, oh, yeah, I had it no was, idea. Uh, House was staying in a rehab facility and he was house's roommate and he was doing all this freestyle rap and my wife and i watched the episode maybe three or four years ago it was on netflix or something huh and we're like oh yeah that's that's lin-manuel Miranda, and he's also a composer for star wars so yeah he but, there is that's right yeah i mean this made made me want to go back and reread all about you know american history because i knew some of those things but i didn't know everything didn't remember everything it what was, a, in a minute way of teaching people history through hip hop and everything right. they're spitting out, all the rhymes they're spitting out are all historical things. It's accurate. It's it's crazy. Yeah. It's crazy. It was really done well. And I've seen it twice and then this is my third time watching it. And you nailed it, man. The difference between watching it in the theater, which is a unbelievable experience and being able to see it on Broadway. And then I saw it in, in LA and Hollywood, but watching it here and seeing things up close that I did not pick up on when you're in the you know, 20th row or you're in the balcony, you don't pick up on certain things, but having those close-ups and did you get to watch it with the subtitles on? No, we didn't. I, I, we, I didn't either. I heard that's a whole different experience because there's words out there. They <laughs> rap and they, they, they flow so quickly. You don't know what they're saying. It's probably 30% of the time, right? King Tom. Yeah. It's, or it's, it's one of those crazy. things that you realize a few After. seconds later. Oh, yes. That's what they said. Right. Right. For this to succeed, they someone else we need. I know. So he knows what to do in the trench, ingenuity and fluent in French, I mean. So you're gonna have to use him eventually. What's he gonna do in the bench, I mean? No one has more resilience or matches my practical, tactical brilliance. You want to fight for your land back? I need my right hand man back. Get your right hand man back. No, you gotta get your right hand man back. I mean, you gotta put the button to the land of the but it's, it's really well. I'm so glad you got to watch it. And I noticed on Variety, Aptopia, it's an analytical firm, I guess. They said that Disney Plus downloads for the app increased by 74%. Wow. Definitely check it out if you haven't seen it. Eric, you didn't get to get, watch it, right? No, man. I was too busy watching Karate Kid. And, <laughs> and Magic for Humans. Magic for Humans. What is that? It's a magic show on Netflix. It's Justin Willman, who's actually from St. Louis, which is pretty neat. Um, oh, that's cool. You know, here's the deal. They claim that the, like no camera tricks are used. I personally <laughs> suspect that's inaccurate, but it doesn't matter because the show is awesome. He's funny. The <laughs> I saw a review for it that just drove me insane. They're like, it's fake magic. It means a bunch of sleight of hand stuff. Um, 
were you expecting <laughs> Harry Potter, I guess? Did you want like actually uh, yeah, you want to talk to that person. So do you think there's actual magic? <laughs> yeah. Right. Yeah, that, that that's what, what was <laughs> that was what I was thinking. Uh, that yeah, must yeah, be what yeah. they meant. But he's good. He's a good host, man. He's very funny. Cool. Yeah. Les, I know you've been watching something. Yeah, I've been watching uh The Last Kingdom. Yes, and I am <laughs> on season one, episode eight. I'm on the last episode of season one. It is fantastic. I don't yeah. remember who told us to watch this. One of our listeners did. They sent us an email. I apologize, but thank you for sending that because yeah. it is really, really done well, man. It is a great show. There's some cheesiness to it. There is. Just enough. Ju- just enough cheese. Every big moment has this Celtic Enya sounding song that they don't need to play every single time. And it just takes away from what's going on, in my opinion. Is this show historically accurate, Les? Because it seems like it is. Is I, are these that, characters? I really, I really don't know. I really can't tell you. But if it if it is, it's, it's unbelievable. Yeah. Either way, either way, watch the show. A little Bravehearty, which is, if you love Braveheart, you like Lasky. Yeah, you'll like Lasky. So check that out. All right, I think uh, we've uh, plugged enough shows for the last uh, <laughs> forty-five minutes. So let's get in some Star Wars. Kylo, please. Thanks. It's time. For Eric's Star Wars report. That was that freaked me out, man. <laughs> so, okay, here's let's be real for just a minute. There's not a ton of stuff going on in the world of Star Wars. There's just not. And hopefully that's like the calm before the storm. They got some cool toys coming out. Got uh another book excerpt today. Did you read that, King Tom, by the way? Thrawn I, Ascendancy. I did not. Some it depends on what mood I'm in when those comes down comes down come down. Sometimes I want to wait and read them. Other times I just give in and read right away this one I'm waiting on. Although I am really looking forward to the book. Yeah, I am too, man. Um, for you guys that aren't aren't too hip to the, the whole Grand Admiral Thrawn thing, if you're not a book reader and you're not a, let me rephrase that, if you're not a Star Wars book reader, I don't just assume that for you idiots <laughs> who don't know how to read and you're not in, like you didn't watch Rebels, you might not know who he is. But the, the books are really have been really good thus far. I've enjoyed them quite a bit. And uh, anyway, yeah, there was an excerpt release for when is the actual release date of the book, King Tom? Is that this fall? I'm not yeah. sure exactly because it was it was moved, mm-hmm. right? Back and then forward, and yeah, we we did get some news about there's a studio in. This is by Fanta Tracks, by the way, our pals over there. It Ooh. says Star Wars linked uh, Dagenham Film Studios plan approved. Dun, dun, dun. And it's a new London based film studio that um, it's previously linked to production of Star Wars films and TV projects. Oh, so I'm going to go over there and give them my resume. Is anybody uh-huh. else going to go over there with me? I'll go. Uh, I'm in. All right. Sweet. But, you know, is that where we're going to see all the new Star Wars stuff get filmed? Hmm. So instead of Pinewood, it'll be over here? Yeah, I guess so. So what are they doing at Pinewood now? What's the score with that? They, I, I know they do all kinds of movies over there, not just Star Wars, right? I would yeah. guess it's just they, their contract with Pinewood is up. They want to focus on some place they have a financial stake in. Yeah. So Makes sense. See a Pinewood. Yeah. I mean, they didn't yeah. use Pinewood for two and three. They you shot those as, in Australia. You might as well give yourself the rent money. Mm-hmm. That's true, yeah. man. That 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 is good, solid thinking right there. But speaking of the TV shows, man, Raj, sh- tell us what Deborah Chow had to say about the Kenobi thing. Yeah, she was interviewed by was it Variety, I believe. Oh no, I'm sorry, the Hollywood Reporter. 
So they asked her what the difference was going to be and the feeling that she has about to start filming. Well, this is what she had to say. It's definitely going to be different just in terms of the sheer workload, obviously, of doing the whole thing. And she's talking about the difference between Mandalorian, of course. But in some ways, I'm going to miss having a team and having people who are there to bounce ideas off. But then obviously, the flip side is it's nice to have a coherent voice and know what you're doing from the beginning to end. So it's uh, going to be very interesting having one director film a Star Wars live action since we're not used to that. I was talking to the guys in our production meeting that I'm watching Better Call Saul. I noticed that Deborah Chow directed a few episodes of Better Call Saul, which was a great surprise to, uh, to see that. And I love every single episode, so I'm sure they were great. If I'm not mistaken, they've gone to that well before because Ryan Johnson directed Breaking Bad episodes. Yeah, I'm not really into Breaking Bad, but I think he directed a few of the ones in the last season, including the yes. second to last one, which That's I've heard right. a lot of people describe as oh. the best episode of the whole show. I think. Yes, absolutely. I wonder if Deborah Chow did some Breaking Bad ones as well. That that could be a possibility. I got to check that. Mm -hmm. So good on Star Wars for picking off some great talent. I'm really excited to see what she does with this thing. And the experience she got from Mandalorian is only going to help her. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I think that one of the cool things about this is that they're finding their way on not being afraid to be contemporary or even weird. Like what we saw with the choices they made with the score for The Mandalorian, for example. I think mm -hmm. that really opened the door wide to do even crazier stuff because now there's not... I mean, obviously, it's just one show out of a bunch of stuff, but they're going to get to where it's not just a given that the music is going to be classical orchestra-based, that yeah. sort of thing. And not that I the feature films, they're perfect the way they are. Yeah. But I'm just saying for other stuff, I think it'd be pretty cool, the stuff they could do. Now, you know, what would they do with Obi-Wan as far as like a vibe goes, an overall vibe, since we don't really know what the show is going to be about. But the setting will be at least somewhat similar to The Mandalorian, I would think, as far as very deserty. Mm -hmm. But I mean, he's not a cowboy. No, so maybe like a samurai type of feel to it. That could, maybe they could get the guy who did the music for the Karate Kid to do it. That would be fantastic. Well, anyway. Oh, okay. yeah. I noticed last week, we didn't talk about it, but there was a whole little theme out there on Twitter. Say something nice about the prequels and it like took off. And I saw Ryan Johnson, speaking of Ryan Johnson, he had something to say about it. So I wanted to get your guys' take. I'll, I'll tell you what he said. Lucas made a gorgeous seven hour long movie for children and how entitlement and fear of loss turns good people into fascists and did while spearheading nearly every technical sea change in modern filmmaking for the past 30 years. That was very nice. And he is pretty much dead on on everything he said. I wanted to get your guys' take. Say something nice. It doesn't have to be that elaborate. It could be one word. It could be a character. Something nice about the prequel. Well, that's that's the tough thing is that it's just it's not just one thing. Ryan Johnson's correct. You know what it what it is, is it is a a beautiful thing. Just the entirety of it. I guess it it changed my idea of what star wars was especially as a kid because mm. i had seen what you know uh was it the original trilogy was and i was like okay this is really fucking awesome but it was able the 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 prequels were able to change as well as enhance my ideas of star wars we always want more things i always wanted more lightsabers i always wanted more more force users i wanted more you know star battles more characters and i think that you know 
you know, although it might have its flaws, it gave us all of that. Mm-hmm. So that's something that I wouldn't want to go back. Like with the the sequel trilogy, mm-hmm. it kind of went back to the original trilogy oh, where there's there's less characters, there's less force users, less star battles, you know, things like that. And it's still great. Yeah, you know, and, and I still love it. But if I had my preference, it would be the way that the prequels were more of it, more characters, things like that. Kind a, of like a, a potpourri of Star Wars. Exactly. Kind of like a Game of Thrones thing where it's like yeah. you have a boatload of characters, different sequences. That's so that's that's why, you know, like with the Knights of the Old Republic thing, I'm like, yes. yeah, that, that's going to feel like the prequels. Exactly. Exactly. Oh, they will be prequels in that. Ooh, <laughs> yes. <laughs> okay, cool. That's a great answer. That's actually better than what I was going to get. <laughs> for me, man, the prequels, you know, at the time, I had trouble appreciating them for what they were. Well, especially the Phantom Menace. But, you know, looking back and, and then like watching them now through my own eyes, but also through the eyes of my children, they're movies that made me happy. They make me feel good. And you know, that's one of the things that I, for art, the part that matters to me the most is how does it make me feel? Mm-hmm. And they make me feel good. But from like the technological standpoint side of me, George Lucas, without him, the stuff that, w- that is happening in movies now just wouldn't be happening. The end. This is a guy who made the impossible possible. He would come up with an idea and be like, and s- not take no for an answer. And y- he wasn't afraid to lose money or break even to see his vision fulfilled. When you look at like the Clone Wars episodes, they spent a ton of money on animation that they weren't making back, but he wanted it to be a certain way. And that's the same kind of thing that he did with the movies. He's like, we, here's what I want to do. We need to find a way to do this. And even the times when the technology got in front of the creativity, it's still an amazing ride. It's still a really good really good thing and at the end of the day i just like the way they they look and i like the way they feel and i'm very thankful that they're there Mm -hmm. first i think ryan johnson boo and eric all gave great answers and my answer can be probably be found in in all of Mm -hmm. theirs i do have you know i i love the prequels i have some problems with them but overall i love them they are the story that george wanted to tell and he told it in his way, risking his own money, his own reputation, his company. Mm-hmm. And at the end of the day, it's more Star Wars. It's given us characters, locations, music, scenes, just things that and, – and I said last week, you know, because I think you, you, you guys were talking about this on the Bad Motivators too. This I was thinking about this today, how when I was growing up, I would always play what happened after Return of the Jedi instead of what happened before A New Hope. and. Mm-hmm. Even though I was always focused on that, I'm still glad we have those movies. And those movies mean a whole different thing to, to people of different generations than right. they do to me. Right. So it's, it's more Star Wars that we can all love. I will just say, I thank George Lucas to make me feel like I was a kid again during that era. And to get me that excited again about Star Wars and for giving us exactly what we wanted even though there was flaws like boo said the movie is a potpourri of star wars it's everything we want in star wars now the storyline and some of the characters maybe we have problems with but at the end of the day we got a whole lot of star wars and a whole lot of cool stuff it's crazy that i'm saying this but i have more problems with the sequel trilogy than the prequel trilogy and i never thought i would ever think that because after watching the prequel trilogy i was you know, I was upset at certain things, but 
when you think about it, I would have changed a few things in the prequel trilogy that could have been a huge difference, but I would have changed a lot of things in the sequel trilogy that could have made a really big difference. Now, I'm not hating on the sequel trilogy. I loved all three films. And also, thank you for John Williams, because again, I think that's some of the best music that we have ever heard in any film, what he did for the prequels. Every single one has its star moment. And I think John Williams was a huge part of that. Les, how about you? It made the legend real. Darth Vader is arguably the most iconic villain character in all of geekdom pop culture. And the pre the prequels definitely made made it real. And even Clone Wars now to an extent mm-hmm. has fleshed out so much. And I'm really glad. I know there's flaws. I know we all have to preface our statements with that, but <laughs> yeah. ultimately, yeah, those are some of the things it's done, you know, and it introduced other, you know, it gave us more, you know, we get Darth Maul, you know, it, it's really cool to see a different Sith badass out there. And you're like, mm-hmm. oh, there's more to it's, it's not only Vader, you know, it's so very, very grateful for that and very thankful for that. Yeah, that's true. We get to see a whole side of the Sith that we haven't seen before and, and so many Jedis on screen together. And I think the Clone Wars, to give them credit, has made me feel better about the prequels and it has made me enjoy the prequels more because of the Clone Wars. That's a huge help as well. You know, one thing I'll say with the Clone Wars, the series, I mean, for the most part, I honestly, there's no episodes that I would just flat out skip. Nope, not watching them. But there are some that are better than others. But if you really want to understand the tragedy of Anakin's fall and why it's so hard, why it's just such a brutal thing, the Clone Wars really make Anakin a character that breaks your heart mm-hmm. to see his it, what happens to him. Yes. That series really sticks that point yeah. home hard. That's true. All right, cool. I thought that would be kind of a cool thing to do. I think that's about it, right, Eric? With Star Wars stuff, unfortunately? Yes, that's it. Thank you, by the way, for trying to give us as much as you possibly could. But speaking of great composers, a big moment of sound for Ennio Marconi, who was an Oscar-winning film composer, and I guarantee you've heard his stuff. So he's done Fistful of Dollars. He's done Once Upon a Time in America. He did Bugsy, The Untouchables. He won an Oscar recently in 2016 for The Hateful Eight, and that was his first Oscar win. Out of 20 nominations, I believe. Oh, wow. He passed away at 91. Huge moment of sound for Ennio Marconi. If you, so he did, they refer to it as the Dollars Trilogy. Yes. And I mean, even though it wasn't in theory a true trilogy, like Clint Eastwood played the same character, but he wasn't the same character across Mm -hmm. uh, Fistful of Dollars, uh, Good, Bad, and the Ugly, and a few dollars more. so David W. Collins on the Soundtrack Show podcast does an amazing, amazing breakdown of that block of music. It is really something else, man. That guy oh, was doing amazing things. And whenever you hear David's take on it to you know talk about, well, like some of the instrumentation they decided to use in conjunction with all this other stuff. It's really something special. So I love hearing about how that's, those sorts yeah, of things come awesome. together. Let's listen a little bit to Mr. McConey.
All right, moving on to other news. Chris Hemsworth is getting ready to bring back Hulkamania. He is bulking up like a crazy person to bring you the Hulkster. I cannot wait for this. This should be pretty cool, man. And I believe it's Todd Phillips is directing this thing. This is what Hemsworth said. And this was coming from, I think, The Hollywood Reporter as well. This movie is going to be a really fun project. As you can imagine, the preparation for this role will be insanely physical. I'll have to put on more size than I did ever before, even more than Thor. There's an accent as well and a physicality and the attitude. I also will have to do a deep dive into the rabbit hole of the wrestling world, which I'm really looking forward to. He added, but noting that he'll have to dye his hair blonde and add some balding and a mustache to complete the Hogan trademark look. (laughs) So this is going to be really cool. I am very interested in this. I know that he has some dark eras of his life. You know, he did some stupid shit. A piece of shit. He said said some stupid shit and he's a piece of shit. So it's going to be very interesting how they portray him and if that's going to be brought up. And I hope it is. And, And knowing Todd Phillips, I would imagine it will. And it's also an interesting time. During, mm-hmm. during all that yeah, because yeah, wrestling is seen as you either like it or you think it's ridiculous. There's mm-hmm. there's no real in-betweens, things like that. People, yeah, true. people loved it when it was there and they think of it fondly now. Yeah. Or, they, like myself, I, I, I get the, the appeal, but I do think it's ridiculous. Uh-huh. I, I know some people who still really dig it. And I'm like, well, it's entertainment. I can't really say anything. Whatever you dig, you dig. Mm-hmm. But I, I don't find the appeal for it. So that I, probably because you didn't grow up in the golden era mm-hmm. of it. Because it was mm-hmm. it was something back then. Yeah, because that's that's what I'm saying is that it's an interesting time because it is the golden era where wrestling was the shit. These guys were gods. They were gods. You know, these guys were just fucking the the bees knees, the biggest thing in the world. And now not so much. You know, these mm-hmm. these guys. This was the epitome, and now wrestlers use it as a springboard. To go into other things and do other other you know facets of popularity and things like that. Yeah. So I, I think it'll be an interesting time to see just the sheer importance of wrestling to a lot of people and to and to society at that. Time. Yeah, it's going to be great for you to see how yeah. it was back then. Yeah, I could see it also being as like a as a semi like oh boy, it is a biopic, but mm. seeing it as a a docu pic. Yeah, like a docu pic of just that that certain chunk of well, not certain chunk of time, but. Really emphasizing on that that early. Well, time. I hope they also get into the drug use, the steroid use, the physical aspects of what they made these guys do while they were dying of pain. Yeah, well, Todd, well, Todd Phillips, Todd Phillips doesn't shy away from that exactly. Kind of I was going to so. say so he should go. Balls this should to the be wall. this should be really interesting, and I hope it's that type of film. I hope it's yeah. fun too. I, I, yeah. Oh, it's got to be. Yeah. I was a huge Hogan fan when oh. I was much much younger, and you know before I knew about what really went on, and then yeah. before he showed the type of person he was. And if it doesn't deal with any of that stuff, I have no interest in it. Me either. I agree. I wanted to talk about this real quick because we have a couple of buddies, our uh, great friend, Randy Lildulache, and also Haas Burkhart, and also Corey Van Dyke. And millions of people play The Last of Us too. You guys play this game? It's supposed to be a phenomenal game. I've heard it's great. So much so that HBO is going to do a series, I believe, on it. Hmm. Um, which is pretty cool. That was the rumor. That's what I heard somewhere. But I know the actresses and actors are receiving death threats. And I went into the whole rabbit hole of looking at these things and reading these things because I saw her post it. She didn't want to post it, but there were some of the most vile things and disgusting things that I've ever read in my life. And I could not believe we're at a level where people are so upset at a video game that they have to berate an actress who got paid to portray a role in that video game, probably didn't have anything to do with writing that video game, 
I, I won't even read to you some of the stuff. It, it was so disgusting and so awful. I, I wanted to put it in the show notes, not the comments, but this topic, because I could not believe it. This boggled my mind. For you small-minded, low-IQ pieces of shit that attacked these people, um, I hope karma is a real thing. Hopefully, when you're able to meet your maker, whoever that is, and whoever you believe in, I just hope that they bring up the disgusting things that you wrote. That's all I wanted to say. Well, I, I mean, I I have no idea what's up with this. So what's the what's the beef, man? I mean, well, it's so bad. I don't want to spoil the game for anybody, but there's some transgender things going uh, on. Yeah, yeah. And people just lost their fucking mind about it. There's some homophobic things that were said. There were yes. things. I'll, I'll just somebody put that I can't wait to find you and your family and your kids so I can oh, kill so I can kill all of you guys. I do remember seeing that yeah. now that you mention it. Because you ruined my game. Yeah, and this the, this the, the the one actress she is in a ton of games. And so these people, you know, and Laura Laura Bailey. Laura Bailey. Yeah, yeah, she's she's a great voice actress and she's in a ton of games and it's just amazing to watch these people turn on her. I mean, it's disgusting. It's awful. Really? Yeah. Awful. I mean, if you think that what we went through with Star Wars and how they berated some of the people and Kathleen Kennedy and everybody else, this took it to another level. It was crazy, the things that I was reading. Like, so much so, like, I don't understand why Twitter lets people... There's there's just too many people to Jesus actually Christ. keep an eye on the kind of thing. And they're not even worth my time. I just feel better by saying, fuck you to them. Yeah. Does that yeah, makes sense. Yeah. You just got to get the middle finger out. Yeah. yeah. All right. Let's do a trailer trash and laugh a little. <laughs> <laughs> Or be disgusted. <laughs> or be disgusted. I don't have no idea what this trailer trash is. Dave, our listener from Ireland, sent this to me via Twitter. I didn't watch it, but I trust him. Let's Sweet. do this together. It's Let's ballsy. do this together. It is ballsy. <laughs> but I trust him. Don't let me down, man. In a world where podcasts are afraid to take on shitty content, writes five microphone heroes to save the day and bring you the worst trailers in history. This is trailer trashed so this is from our buddy dave it's called fateful findings here we go building fateful findings clouds Sky. time lapse oh no that's real time <laughs> that's how fast the clouds really crazy. are crazy must be Oh, oh, dude, <laughs> my car. Oh, right. oh, God. Okay. No. That's not good. That's just about all the information I need. Eric, please describe what you just saw. No idea. So, uh, no more books. <laughs> Was that Johnny Grasso? <laughs> want to take this from me. He's writing about government secrets. I knew I loved you when I was eight years old. All this time, I haven't been working on my next book. I've hacked into the most... What is up with that dude? I don't know. He's the worst actor ever. What is this? A a smoke monster from Lost? Oh my god, where's Mr. Echo? To make a real difference. Oh, it's the... (laughs) Oh, what the fuck? (laughs) Okay. Oh, there might be a fucking ghost here. And I'm going to expose them all. What is this even about? Should I be afraid? He's talking to three ghosts that are Should in it. Should we be afraid? Who is he talking? I'm not ready for this. <laughs> you see how he let up? He threw, he threw a book at a left. 
I like the green screen right, right there. Yeah. Hacking into government and corporate systems all over the country. You're going to get yourself killed. But you should be scared because it is the truth. This can't be real. I. What is that? This cannot be real. Act now, on your own, outside of the corporate systems and these incompetent politicians. No. I mean, that's fine advice, but. Yeah. Oh, there's oh, the smoke closet. again. Mr. Echo, where is he? Okay. I've seen I've seen, okay, I've I've seen, seen it all now. I've seen, I've it seen all. porn with better acting than that. I Can okay. somebody IMDB this? This cannot be real. The, okay. The, the reason why we lost it in the very beginning is because the <laughs> the whole the whole trailer starts off with a guy getting annihilated by a car. Like he's he, picking up yeah. a penny off the ground and then he just gets nailed and, by yeah. a fucking Volvo. And then they show him in the hospital and his entire head is bandaged up except for like one corner. Imagine like Phantom of the Opera, except it's yeah. all bandages, right? But then his head is completely covered and with bandages and one side of it is sopping with blood. And he's in the shower yeah, with an to inexplicably chick, yeah. hot chick who's like looking at his face like she can't wait to just start making out with him, even though it's he's a mummy. She wants to I, suck on the gauze. Yeah. Ugh. It was a, it is a real movie. Oh my it God. is 13. It is a real movie. Yeah. 2013. Written, wow. Written, that's way directed too new. and starring Neil Breen. Uh. <laughs> Neil Breen. Yeah. Dude. I don't recognize any of the other names in the cast, but. No shit. They're the next looks, door neighbors. That's why. Okay. The more like this are all Neil Breen movies. Double down. A brilliant computer loner seizes Las Vegas in a terrorist attack. Oh my, these movies look horrible. So the description for this on IMDb says, a computer scientist slash novelist reunites with his childhood friend, hacks into government databases, and faces the dire and fateful consequences of the mystical actions he obtained as a child. Mystical actions? Get this, from his biography, Breen has not attended film school and learned everything he needed to know by himself. Yeah, it looks like it. I couldn't tell. Wow. <laughs> he must have, like, naked pictures of somebody. <laughs> because he keeps on making movies. Wow. Yeah, that, that was rough. Let me see. That actually if... hurt me. Yeah. Dave, if we gave out awards, you might have just won one. Yeah, that is, because this is fucking horrible. So here's the good news. If you want to watch it, it's on Pornhub. I'm not joking. Uh, the entire movie, uh, Pornhub, um, because I looked up where can I watch it, and that's where you can find it. Um, but I was looking at Amazon, and you can't watch it in the U.S., but dude, here is a, one of the best reviews I've ever read on Amazon. Move over, Ed Wood. Neil Breen is the new king of film. Having watched this, I immediately sought out more of his work. Fateful Findings is clearly more polished than Double Down, his first work. Based on these two movies, it appears that Mr. Breen is very interested in The Desert, Magic Rocks, Finding True Love at seven or eight years old, Appearing Nude, Hacking Using Multiple Laptops Simultaneously, Government Slash Corporate Conspiracies, and Possibly Cars. <laughs> and he goes on to say, if you have a group of Mystery Science Theater 3000 loving friends, you need to know Neil Breen. Fateful Findings may be the perfect movie for this kind of thing. 
The no more books scene took 29 takes. In one take, Neil Breen accidentally cracked a laptop screen while throwing a book. That's why he was fluffing it there when <laughs> we were watching exactly it. exactly right. Yeah, oh, but and the, but then further down, I see no laptops were harmed in the production of this film. <laughs> you know, I, I like this, uh, this one review right here. Neil Breen, a.k.a. God, to d- deserves to get a Breen out of 10. <laughs> uh, um, wow. That... I'm, that was something like Eric usually says. Holy mackerel. Oh, well, here's here's one. Here's one you'll love. Are you ready for this excellent piece of trivia right there? Yes. Production was halted, spelled halted wrong, when Neil Breen <laughs> couldn't stop watching NTSF SD SUV. Remember that show? <laughs> yes. He couldn't quit watching uh, it and production was halted. Oh, my goodness. He couldn't stop watching an adult swim show. Yeah, well, I it, well, I don't think it's worth watching another trailer from him, right? You know what we should do is just have as, him as a backup when we can't find him. Yeah. <laughs> when we run out. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we have an email from Lumberjack Nick. Hey, y'all. Hope everybody's hanging in there as it seems to be getting locked back up. I was ecstatic that the movie theaters were about to reopen, but now I'm just crying in my cornflakes. That's the saying, right? Have you guys heard that saying? Because I bring my cornflakes. I've, I've heard somebody pissing in your cornflakes. No. Oh, okay. Maybe the same thing. Yeah. Anywho, I was wondering what y'all thought. Everybody knows that beards have been super hot for 10 years now. And with a lot of people being in quarantine, it seems like those beards have been getting longer and shaggier. That being said, beards get real itchy under those masks. As things hopefully start opening again and bearded men drag themselves from place of residence to brave the outside, do you think people will stop growing their beards? Basically, I'm trying to ask, do you think coronavirus will kill the greatest trend in human history, a.k.a. beards? P.S. Last week, y'all were asking whether Darth Vader would ever have found out that he had kids if Uncle Owen would have let Luke go to the Academy. Y'all didn't take into account of how small the Star Wars universe is. I'm sure they would have <laughs> randomly ran into each other while shopping at a Space Trader Joe's or something. Lumberjack Nick. <laughs> Space Trader um, there. You got, yeah, you got us there. Beards, guys. Do you think the coronavirus will kill the greatest trend in human history? Because you have to wear masks and they get really itchy. Boo, you have a beard. How is it with masks? Uh, what is it? I had to, well, for the quarantine, for the, for the, for the few months that I wasn't able to see Brittany, I was like, well, I'm going to keep the shape, but I'm not going to fucking shave it. So I got pretty fucking furry. Mm-hmm. I got pretty, pretty bushy. And it sucks. Fuzzy? But uh, Sure. I was trying to avoid the word. But yeah, the beard gets so long mm-hmm. that the hairs that it just, it looks like you're just like a fucking like a cat that just got chucked into a thing of water and just fluffed mm-hmm. up. Yeah, it's awful. So I, I suggest keeping your beard shorter, mm-hmm. you know, more, more in control and you'll be fine. Yeah. All right. I see that Les shaved his beard. Is that because of masks, Les? No, it's not. It's because I was trying to get fancy and shaping it up, and I went too far, so I had to shave it off. Oh, did, oh. You, did you take a picture? That's the worst. Uh, no, I did not. So I had to take it all off and start all over. Oh. I did that with my head a few <laughs> months ago. I thought I could cut my own hair, and then I had to shave it off. You and look, I look like fucking Yeah, you Stanley look good as Stanley Tucci. You look off. good. You look good as Stanley, Stanley Tucci. I think, I think that's a, a Halloween costume right there. Nope, that'll never happen again. Come on. And Lumberjack Nick, I really appreciate you letting us dive into the world of beards on the Sith list. I don't think we've ever done that. And hope you're doing well, and hope you're healthy. Now, let's listen to our friend Ian's. So Ian sent season three and season four, the breakdown. Remember, King Tom and I, 
mentioned that Ian might not be a fan after season three. So let's see if Ian enjoyed it. Hello, Sithless. This is Ian with your weekly Lost Talk. Why plenty of spoilers for other listeners who haven't seen the show. I'm going to get right into it. Season three starts off with Kate Jack and Sawyer, who are held captive. You know, the first part of the season, them trying to escape. And eventually, Kate and, and Sawyer do escape. And and they go to rescue Jack. Uh, it seems like he's, well, he's obviously fallen in love, but it seems like he's one of the others. I love the fact then that it goes into the the history of both the Dharma Initiative and the others. Uh, very well written, very well done. It's all culminating towards the end. Again, the last third of the season, it really escalates towards the finale and Jack actually being able to call the frigate, which is quite amazing. I, I thought John would have actually wounded him, causing Kate to send the call, but I'm going to stop it there and I'm about to watch four. That's it. Logging off. Thanks. Ian, appreciate you still being a fan after watching season three. King Tom, what do you think about that? I'm glad Ian liked it, but they left out one some of the most important things of the season, including oh. the tattoo big reveal at the end, the we have to go back, and also oh, yeah. the this is I wouldn't really call it a highlight, but the the slowness of the middle part of the season, you know, we had to deal with how Jack got oh. his tattoos with Claire trying to figure out how to use birds as messengers. And I'm very glad that Ian got through that. What was that? No, it's got to be less. You got a phone call phone. less? Yeah, I got a text. <laughs> I'm like, he shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I thought ahead. I was being buzzed out. I know. <laughs> so no, I, I'm glad that the the season was positive. I think it definitely had an upswing at the end, and there was enough stuff because me me like Ian, I was always into the Dharma Initiative and that other stuff. Mm -hmm. and yeah, me too. There's a lot of promise of what it gets into next, and you also get more of the development of Desmond, who De Desmond and Ben, who are both great Desmond. characters, great additions. Great, to the show. great. I totally forgot that we need to go back was the end of season three. Yeah. Oh, wow. And it was just at the time, it's like, holy shit. Holy what shit. That was a holy yeah. shit moment because we had to wait an entire off season for it. Well, and right? I think it was even longer than that because it was, that's when they were monkeying with the schedule. So it uh -huh. ended in May and you didn't get the next season until January. Oh, yeah. That's some shit. Did you ever- Try the phone numbers and the websites and all that stuff. Oh yeah, I was I, I was, was very into that. So they had I. and they had like all these games uh, between seasons. At least the first two or three, like the first one, there was yeah, website. they did, yeah. And then between seasons two and three, they had these videos hidden in different places online, uh -huh. and people would right. put them together. Yeah, yeah, we did that. Les and I did that. No, nice. but boo, they had like commercials on the show, mm -hmm. right, about an airline. And they'd have a website and a phone number and you put the website in, it gives you like the entire, it just gives you clues. It's a weird shit. And then phone numbers and you call it. Did you get, did you ever get anything like 
not not I guess groundbreaking or spoilerific, but anything that was like like a real big tidbit of news or or like I, a thing. I, I or, don't or, think or was so. It, it was. More, I, I'm asking, was yeah. it a waste of time? No, it was more of a creepy kind of thing, right? Uh, wasn't it? Wasn't it? Well, they had between seasons one and two, they had. The, the Oceanic website, you'd go to it, and there was a one of the pages had a, a, a layout of the plane seating. And if you went to certain seat numbers, you would click the seat numbers and you would either get like one of one was a message. They aren't the survivors they thought they were. Oh, yeah. Because Ooh. at that point, you didn't know about the tail end survivors. Mm-hmm. Um, and so you found out about the tail end survivors in season two. There was another number you would click on that would bring up a fake script page about this it was about the smoke monster or what was mm-hmm. called the monster at the time and it w- was totally fake but it was kind of fun and then in season between seasons 2 and 3 like we were saying they had this video about the dharma initiative that gave a little bit more background and then they stopped the games but they would do videos for Comic-Con every year oh i don't remember yeah that. and yeah they're still on, they're still on YouTube and oh, they were cool. like there was one that was smuggled out of like a, a reincarnation of the Dharma Initiative. Another dealt with something that was recorded in the past, but I don't want to say how it was used okay. in case Ian or anyone else is listening. I'll say, I'll send I'll look for them and send you a few links. But they were okay, really, cool. Yeah, yeah, it, it, it was a great way to keep people engaged and interested in what's coming up. Fantastic. Now we have six seasons, so. Ian, you are a couple of seasons away, so why don't you finish it off and then send us what you think. We're going to play the fourth season review that Ian did next week or the week after. Watch them and send us what you think about the entire show. It'll blow your mind. And let me know what you think about the very last scene, because I absolutely love it. I thought it ended perfectly, even though a lot of people shed on it. All right, let's move on to some comic book TV movie news. Black Widow news out there. It looks like Black Widow, Scarlett Johansson will be passing the baton to Florence Pugh. And this comes from Black Widow director Kate Shortland was interviewed by Empire. And she talked about what Kevin Feige pretty much realized when they were doing this whole thing. Kevin realized that the audience would expect an origin story. Of course, we went into the opposite direction and we didn't know how great Florence Pugh would be. We knew she would be great, but we didn't know how great. Scarlett is so gracious, like, oh, I'm handing her the baton. So it's going to propel another female storyline. So it looks like that we're going to get her, Florence Pugh, as the new Black Widow. What do you guys think about this? I don't know much about Florence Pugh. King Tom, do you know anything about her? Well, she's playing Elena Belova, who, does she have a much of a story in the comics, Less, I'm not that familiar with Black Widow. Yeah, I think so. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't know her whole thing, but I know she has quite a, quite the background so it she can it translates there's enough of a background for her to be become a live action character i thought it was cool that's we're gonna get we're not just gonna get an origin story we're just gonna get something probably at the end what i'm guessing is if something ever happens to me i need you to take over some kind of you know that's contact these people yeah yeah exactly yeah. i need you to they do could always bring her back they could always bring her back but it looks like the way that they're doing it now they're not, not going to do that Marvel, speaking of Marvel, Marvel Comics has acquired the rights to publish stories of two very popular franchises. Fuck yeah. Alien and Predator. So this was a pretty interesting development that happened for comic books. And Cinema Blends, Jason in Golfsland had these interesting questions. I wanted to see what you guys thought about. I thought they were pretty interesting. With Alien and Predator coming under Marvel's banner, 
Does Marvel want to somehow include them in the cinematic universe? Or is there a possibility that Disney wants to create a new timeline for the movies like they did with Star Wars and will use Marvel Comics to create more supplemental material for them? If they own the rights to the comics, does that mean they own the rights to their... Well, they, they already... Are, are they Fox? Yeah, they yeah, oh, they're, they're they're Fox. were a Fox property. So Dark Horse owned the rights to these two. Exactly. And they yeah. got them from Dark Horse. Yes. Okay. I know, Boo, you're a big fan of both of these. Oh, fuck yeah. You so, love this. You love this. Oh, yeah, excited. exactly. I don't think they'll be moved, put into the cinematic universe per se, the way that, that they're thinking the Marvel way. But I, I think they'll try and make movies. I think the Alien franchise is on a much better footing than the Predator franchise right now as far as movies. You know, the, the last Predator movie, Predators, it's fucking awful. I, I, I didn't see it. I don't see it. I went to go see it. Just, I'm a huge fan. Horrible ending. The ending is fucking <laughs> atrocious. Is it really? The ending should be a trailer trash. Oh, like maybe like the last like that's, that's five awful. minutes. Awful, awful fucking that's awful. ending. That's just so awful. yeah. So so I, I think they've already been working on on making another Predator movie. You know, just little little things, nothing too big. But the fact that they're part of the Marvel Comics banner, that's actually pretty bitching. Mm-hmm. I don't think they'll do anything in the MCU. Yeah, not not in the MCU, and I, I'm not sure if they'll do anything really big into marvel comics as of now but there might be some what if stories or some little things you know kind of like a like a batman versus predator thing mm-hmm. that that was a comedy that came out you could have the predator where he just you could have him almost be like a lobo where he's hunting down fucking superheroes and shit because mm-hmm. that would be awesome or you know the aliens you know infect earth and kind of like a secret invasion but not very secret at all right kind of thing so yeah so i, I think that would be fucking awesome you know i would love to see the hulk fight off the head of an alien and have one inside of him, oh. and it doesn't fucking matter. You want one of the things inside of him? That's disgusting. Well, yeah, they're not that kind of company. Yeah. You know, chest burster, and then it just burst out, and there's like a <laughs> chest burster, and then, and then there's like a like an alien sized Hulk, and he has to <laughs> fucking he, he himself he has to fight one. That'd be awesome. Mm. Let's move on to an email from Shank. Happy Fourth, motherfuckers. <laughs> <laughs> just thinking about Captain America on our nation's birthday, and I'm wondering why so many writers have a problem writing one of the greatest characters ever. So many cap stories revolve around someone else trying to carry on the mantle. John Walker, Falcon, Bucky, all have had extensive stories told about them being the new cap. When you add in the douchey Hydra cap, the stories about Steve Rogers actually being a hero seem few and far between, especially late. What's frustrating is that the MCU has done a perfect job of showing how the character should be. Chris Evans is the perfect Captain America. Why do so many writers struggle with telling good stories for Captain America? Is it because he's too earnest and that's a hard thing to convey in this day and age? Oh, that's interesting. Is it because we have a hard time accepting a person being truly heroic? I really want to read a good Captain America run, but it seems like I won't get that in this modern setting. What do you think? Thanks, Shank. P.S. You never said what obscure X-Men you would like to see in the MCU. He's talking to you guys, by the way. King Tom and Les. Yeah, the Boy Scout, the earnest thing it is, I think it is something very hard to do to write about because there's not much give. Mm. You really can't sway too much with Captain America. You know what side he's going to be on. You know that he's going to be the good guy. That's why I think the, the Hydra cap was very interesting because it was something that nobody expected. And it was, you know, it made news. I, I remember see, pumping gas at the gas station and they were talking about it on those little screens. They're saying Captain America's fucking evil now. Mm-hmm. It's huge. I think that should something that could happen. Captain America, although he might not be the most super of superheroes, he can run fast, he can punch hard. What he is is that he's a fucking leader. 
if Captain America is still standing, I'm getting back up kind of thing. I think it's tough for writers to want to change that. And when somebody did, it got not, not necessarily shat on. People didn't like it. So that's why I think it's it's hard for the, for writers to make that choice. Plus, to be honest, there's not much you can do with the guy when you have other super, super heroes. Mm-hmm. You know, you have Thor, you know, you have Frogman, uh, Frog mm-hmm. you know, you have Iron Man, you know, although he's just a man in a suit, he can do a hell of a lot more. Spider-Man. You respect him right here. <laughs> you know, you know, Captain Marvel in the grand scheme of things, you know, Galactus and Silver Surfer, yeah, he really can't do just that. Just a dude. He's just a dude. A yeah. strong dude. A strong dude with the sheer will mm-hmm. to be a good fucking person. And an amazing moral compass. Yes, exactly. You have him on your shirt right now. Damn right. How about you? Let's I had a question for you. You don't like Superman because he's such a goody two shoes. Why do you have not have the same opinion towards Captain America? Because they're on the power scale, you know, there's yeah. two different two different characters. So there's already a distinguished, you know, that's something already that separates them. So I okay. never really took that into consideration. And to be honest, a lot of my Captain America is mostly MCU. And I could see, I mean, I could see why it would be tough to write a controversial Captain America and I think where the hangup is, is actually doing it while he's in the actual Captain America costume. Because, oh, good point. Because, because Ameri- there's America doing shady stuff. If you're gonna- yeah, cause, because, right. Because there's stories where he's nomad and he's just doing his thing. I mean, I don't know too much more about, but you know what I'm saying? It's yeah, like yeah, a, probably yeah. a lot a easier point. to take him out of the costume and do something like that. Right. Then again, you know, put him in the actual Stars and Stripes and, you know, let's see what he what we can do there. So, I mean, I agree. There's yeah. not much you can do because with that costume, that's everything. That's interesting. It's the American flag doing the business there. Yep. I don't disagree with anything less or boo said about cap. I think they've tried doing things with him before. I've know I've mentioned before in the eighties when they took the, 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 the outfit and the shield and gave it to John Walker. And one of the things that led up to that, they tried to make him a little bit controversial was he was trying to save a group of hostages or hostages from a number of armed terrorists. And he had a machine gun and shot and killed one of the terrorists. And it was caught on video and replayed on the news. And they really dragged that out, out over a number of issues. And it ended up being the villains were playing mind games with him, but he really let that affect his persona and the writers worked on that. And that, because in in the comics he was very much a god america and apple pie mm-hmm. kind of character and and this was designed to throw him off a little bit but i think like les said for me the mcu captain america is the perfect captain america yeah, because really it's not just about america and the ideals of america but you watch the first avenger he doesn't want to kill nazis he doesn't want to establish american supremacy he wants to stop bullies mm-hmm. and he willingly arms himself with a gun he goes into action he fights bad guys he kills bad guys mm-hmm. but he is still himself and, and yeah and the was it avengers 2 there's the language line mm-hmm. and he's the man out of time in 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 the first in the first end in the first avengers and the um in winter soldier but I think that just he's a lot more interesting. And even though we only have him in a few movies, I feel like 
there is more depth to the Steve Rogers character than we see in the comic books a lot. The the, the other the, the one of the storylines I do like is where um, I think it's called Streets of Poison. It was from eighty eight or eighty nine, and he is in a warehouse where dr- there's a ton of drugs there, and it explodes, and he inhales the whole explosion, and they have to take his blood out of his system, and he's struggling with does this you know oh, what did the it's pretty cool did the super soldier serum make Captain America or I, did I make Captain America? Oh, that's fantastic. That's and cool. Sometimes, but a lot of times, huge storylines like that didn't, the effects weren't felt long after that. And as for uh, obscure X-Men, I would say Rachel, Summers Gray, Phoenix, Ooh. Banshee, Jubilee, and Gold Balls. Gold Balls. Gold Balls. <laughs> Who is now one of the five most important mutants in history. Oh, yeah, straight up. <laughs> you better be with that name. Yep. <laughs> Mr. Mr. Struthers, uh, do you think it's hard to write a a good storyline for Captain America in this time, in this day and age, like Shank was saying? Well, it, King Tom hit it on the head, man. I thought the MCU Captain America was perfect. Yeah. I There's nothing about him I wouldn't change. Like the goody two-shoes aspect of it was like even he knew that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> yeah. And... And I I found that very realistic and very endearing. I mean, he's a man out of time, plucked out of a different day and age and dropped into into current times. But he always fought for like what he thought was right, as opposed to just the ideals of America. And King Tom just hit it right on the head with that. And so I think at some point there's probably a limit. It works better with a big ensemble. Personally, I think it does Mm -hmm. Uh, because, you know, the first Avenger was fantastic movie and I really enjoyed Winter Soldier a lot, too. But the more people you pile in with them, the less obvious. I mean, that's just how it works out. It's just the less obvious it is that there's a weird thing. But, you know, I haven't been into the comics since I was a little guy, like 12 years old. So. It's hard for me to say there, but I don't know what more you can do than what was done. Right. And I'm pretty excited about the next phase of Cap of the Falcon. It's going to be pretty awesome. We have some Shang-Chi news, right, King Tom? Yeah, I believe the uh, Shang-Chi and the Ten Rings, the upcoming Marvel movie, will be will start shooting later this month. In New Zealand, by the way, it looks like again, <laughs> which is uh, which is cool. And lastly. We have, it's cool, tonight we have a lot of comic book TV movie news. Batgirl, CW's Batgirl, we got some uh, news about that. It was just announced, or maybe a few hours ago, Javicia, I hope I'm pronouncing this right, Javicia Leslie will be the first black actress to play Batwoman in a live action film or television production. So she's taking over Ruby Rose's spot that she had, Uh, correct? Yes. So this is going to be for season two, which slated to air in January 2021. And uh, very cool. Here's a, a thing. The Flash, I don't watch The Flash, but ever since about a week or two before 4th of July, so about a week or two ago, I've been playing The Flash in my bedroom for my dog because I wanted to play something loud. I didn't so know hear- where the hell that yeah. sentence was going. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> my dog sleep right next to me um, on the floor on two beds. And because of how loud and how crazy it's been, 
I've been playing music or television and all that stuff for the dogs during this crazy time of 4th of July. And I've played the flash because it's loud. So I've been watching it here and there. And I've got the gist of the story down. So every like, I don't know, half hour I go check up on them. I sit there and I watch like 10 minutes of the flash. So I, so for all you CW fans, <laughs> flash fans, I'm watching the flash kind of. So, and my dogs are really kind of first to it. Uh, they know they really love it. There you go. The guy that plays flash is, seems like a very earnest and nice guy. All right, Wim, that was for you, by the way. So fuck off. All right, I think we're going to end this podcast here. Uh, Mr. Struthers, mm, where can people mm. find you living your life to the fullest? <laughs> you, you know what? What I was getting ready to say doesn't make any sense when you added that last part to it. <laughs> Just uh, check out my other podcast, The Bad Motivators. <laughs> and uh, don't look for me playing any gigs because apparently just the whole world's in the way. You follow me on Twitter at... Eric Strothers. Mr. Tom Chansky, King of All Pods, the man who loves that green Star Wars 3PO card. For all you <laughs> diehard fans, you know what I'm talking about. <laughs> Where can people find you? Saying Leo Pardon and having Araj think it's something else. I swear. So let, let me give you a little backstory on this. <laughs> we are in the process of designing a new shirt and it's going to be really cool. I'm not going to let everybody know what it is yet. But it's going to be great, and we're very excited about it. Sizzle. Sizzle. And King Tom said we should have Leopardon on it. I said we should put Leopardon up there. Right. But Araj is like, he started laughing. He said, oh, yeah, that no, no one would get that one. But I'm like, we've talked about it all the time. And he thought I said C-3PO with the hard on. <laughs> because it had it with the card. You know, that card with 3PO and a hard on. Well, we should have that, too. Oh, yeah. I said 3PO with a hard on. That'd be great. Referring back to the old Star Wars card that they had, 3PO with a golden rod coming out of a schlong. <laughs> so that's where that comes from. Mr. Carlos, did you give your Twitter handle? Tom Chansky on Twitter, Patreon shows for Bad Motorators, Steel Wars, and Blue Harvest. <laughs> Mr. Carlos Borgway, where can people find you? Uh, you can find me on Twitter, at the Sith List. Boom. Can I tell Les that your bare feet are on his seat right now? I expect fit, nothing yeah. less from Carlos Barguayo. Bear something else. Yeah, yeah well, that's true. That's happened too here. Yeah, exactly. Remember when he spilled all that water on him? <laughs> <Yeah>. oh. <laughs> Mr. Hazelnuts, you were actually really good tonight, except for clickety-clacketing on your fucking keyboard the whole night. But other than that, you were fantastic. And also your phone buzzing like a crazy person. <clears throat> but uh, yeah. <laughs> other than that, you were pretty good. You didn't eat anything or you didn't crunch on anything. I appreciate no, I your did. effort. I, uh, you, yes, good job. Uh, where can people find you? Find me on Twitter at lessmore 78 And you can find me at The Sith List. It looks like next week we're going to have Sisters with Sabres on. We're very excited about that. That should be a lot of fun. And so check us out next week or the week after, but I believe it's next week. And uh, our friend Turbo is going to be coming on very, very soon. So that's set up as well. Check us out on episode number 206 of The Sith List.
I'm very glad that Ian got through that. What was that? No, it's got to be less. You got a phone call, phone. less? Yeah, I got a text. I'm like, he shit himself. <laughs> <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> uh, I thought I was being buzzed out. You should edit all this in the podcast later. Oh, it's, oh absolutely. This, this is a discussion. Yeah, this whole yeah. segment, we just cut down 15 minutes of the podcast right now, which is great. <laughs> <laughs>